Well, hello everyone and welcome to Romance at a Glance. My name is, I could not remember my name, but it's Bridget <laughs> still. Name, Bridget? And I'm your host, and I'm your Shani. <laughs> also, you know, I was like, how to look at myself in the mirror and I was like, or in the, the Zoom and I was like, God, you look so cute today. Look how cute your hair is because I just got a cut. I was just about to say this. And also, it's because I washed it. It's because I washed it and I, and I brushed it. That's why. First of all, I was literally about to say this because like you popped on. And I look so and, cute. And I was like, Like, I'm fine with them, like, choosing the hairstyle. And I just don't want them to do it alone. 
I don't want hair to be all over the house. So they have to throw the hair in the garbage. That's a big rule. Hair has to go in the garbage. So Molly will go to the garbage and like try to cut her hair over the garbage. And I'm like, yeah. let's talk about what's going on. Like, what is it in your eyes? Because sometimes it's like as simple as like, there's hair in my eyes and I'm going to cut all this hair off that doesn't need yeah. to be cut because it's one piece. So that's pretty easy. I can like, oh, is that the hair you wanted? And then Molly, I think she was getting sweaty. So she was like, cut it all off. Kira wants to keep growing the Elsa braids, so she's very invested in the back being long, which is super long. But I, I, I mean, it is tough, and they're also two and four. Yeah. I think when they're like four and six or five and seven, I think I'll be more hands off. I'll be like, here are the haircut and scissors. I'll still watch, but you, can, if you want to cut your own hair, yeah, feel free, cut your own hair. But they're so little right now. I'm like, I, I mean, like the last thing I want is like some stupid scissor wound and then we have to go to the ER for stitches and they're like <laughs> what the fuck were you letting them cut their hair but then you know what I mean everyone cuts their own hair but I, I also like my neighbor was like you're such a better mom than me because I guess when her two-year-old cut her hair she like freaked out because she had like really really long hair and then she like cut, apparently she cut like a whole huge chunk off yeah like six inches and she like freaked out and was like oh my god your hair or it's like my kids cut their hair and I just, I'm kind of, is the way I'm explaining it is how I am. I'm like, okay, yeah, but we're not going to be cutting our hair with kid scissors. They have these hair cutting scissors and you want mommy to, you know, trim it or you tell me which hair to cut or, and like she wanted, Kira wanted to cut, I wouldn't let Molly do this, but Kira wanted to cut some of her own hair. So I like pulled it down and then she, I gave her the scissors and then we like cut it together. Yeah. So that she could like learn how to do it with the, the sharper scissors. But I'm kind of chill about it because it is their body. I also let them color on themselves. You know, I like. They both that. went to school completely blue faces once, and the teachers <laughs> were like, "Oh, did they get away from you?" And I was like, "No, I was there." And Molly <laughs> said, Molly told her teacher, "Mom said it was okay." <laughs> and her teacher was like, "I don't think so." And I was like, "Oh no, I said, I said it was fine. They wanted to be rock stars. I mean, go be rock stars. It's washable marker. It will come off." Yeah. I don't let them use my Sharpies just because, like, I don't want Sharpie on the floor and the walls. It's not about their skin. I just don't want it on my carpets <laughs> or, like, something I can't get it through. But I let them color on themselves. I let them choose their own outfits. So some days they look crazy and some days they look super dope. I let them do as much as I can because I know there's a lot of things they can't control. And they yeah. have, I have to step in yeah. for, like, safety, cleanliness, yeah. etc. So... I, I try to let them do as much as they can. I also like let them, you know, you get dressed, you know where your stuff is. Like the two-year-old, she gets her whole, whole yeah. little kid on, comes down the stairs. I, I mean, I really like that because like, as a kid, she I was like- throw laundry away now, like yeah. probably 50% of the time. She hangs it all up, organizes her closet, puts all her toys away. She cleaned up the whole playroom. I said, do you want that? help? She said, no, mom, I'm cleaning the playroom. And I was like, okay. You need to tell me <laughs> You twice. don't to tell me twice. You don't <laughs> I don't want to help you. It sounds great. No, no, um, I, lo I, I love that. You know, like I, I remember growing up, body autonomy was just not a, a thing, you know? For sure. And, yeah. and I definitely can feel the residual effects of it as an adult, right? Like, I remember one day, yeah. like, drawing something on my arm and then and being like, oh, I can't do that. And then realizing I was a grown ass adult and I was like, oh, yeah, I can draw anywhere I want to. Like, because I used to and love I used that. To, like, I used to love it. I used to draw on my hands in class. Like I would draw notes on my arms, things I had to remember. I had like to-do lists all over my hands because I could never remember like to bring the paper with me. 
I used to like me and my friends used to color on our legs and do designs and like who cares it all washes up I mean for me I think I, I mean we've talked about this on the podcast before I feel like a lot of kinks come from like the suppression of a thing mm-hmm. and so if you're constantly yelled at for like having autonomy over being able to like draw a cool pattern on your skin like does that make you more likely to get tattoos yeah. like because you're like fuck you this is my body I'm 18 I'm gonna get this shamrock mom or like whatever stupid whale on my hip you know man the start tramp stamp and you can't stop me like or is it I mean it could be a little bit of both they also could just be people who are really interested in art and drew this cool pattern and really want it on their body or some oh, collaborative my, my, thing I don't know I have no tattoos so I don't know but. my little cousins they went to like a Christian school like super uber Christian school and like yeah. Nashville and like you know and their parents are super uber Christian and boy when they turn 18 it's like tattoo 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 and I was like yes <laughs> I was like I was like really happy I have some cousins who have tattoos and some who don't, but like the ones who do, a bunch of them ha- like are very, like they drew a lot of their tattoos. Yeah. So like the tattoos are an art piece for them and like have a lot of meaning. Um, and then I have some where I'm like, you just like that thing for a hot minute and you got it. And I wonder if you're gonna be filled with regret. <laughs> All of them. Yo, regret. My, my rule is that is that if I want it for a year, I'll get it. And boy, I've never I've wanted anything never for wanted- a year, Bridge. Not a I, damn okay. thing. Well, like, my thing is like, I, first of all, I would have to get it with someone, I think. Yeah. For, well, we talked about this before, that I discovered that white ink exists. And so you could have a tattoo without people knowing, and it would be like your own secret tattoo, which I enjoy the idea of, because I have pale, pale skin, especially in the winter. And black ink just looks very jarring on my skin. I've had henna before. And like, I would catch my wrist and be like, what's on my hand? Ah! Like, I, <laughs> it's so I'd have to get it like somewhere where it's like, you know, I can't see it all the time. And then also maybe in whiting. Yeah, but I could see doing it for like a commemorative thing. Like, if let's say we reach five years of this podcast and it's our full time job and we're like making movies, I could see us like me getting something with you. You know like what I mean? Chibis, like our little <laughs> I think I would. I think I would do some sort of like writing. I don't know if I would torch our little chibi faces on my body, but I would do like romance at a glance and like a pretty script or, or like I don't know something. Yeah. So I could see something like that where it's like commemorative. But to your point, like I don't think I've ever, aside from like my family and, and friends, I don't think I've ever liked anything enough for long enough. Yeah. I know even for me, like five years ago, I mean, I had just gotten married. I had no children. I had no home, no house. Like life changes so fast every five years. Like so, so much bad. can happen in five years that but maybe you look fondly. If you guys have tattoos, let us know. We clearly don't have tattoos and are just speculating. Like, do you look at a tattoo that maybe you would never get today, but you look at it fondly and remember that like feeling or that time? That's what I'm, that's, or do you like look at it and you're like, I was dumb, that was dumb. You know, so, so. DM okay. me on Instagram. Tell me yes. what you think. First of all, we need to know. And I'm going to say this one last thing and then we'll jump into the book. But my partner has a tattoo on his chest of his baby sister of his baby sister. Now, this was like one of his first picture, tattoos. A picture of a portrait. It is a and I use That's the term perfect. portrait loosely. Um, okay. because it was one of his first tattoos and his homeboy did it. All the same. And it was like his homeboy's second tattoo that he ever did. Oh, so boy. you don't do a portrait. Is he like eighteen? Probably like 16, 17, right? Okay. So like 
So he he didn't he, think about the fact that someday someone was going to be riding him and just looking oh at yeah, him. Oh yeah, riding him. And when I tell you, I get a <laughs> kick. I get a kick out of making it so awkward all the time. I bet Some, you do. Sometimes I'll talk and he'll answer me, and I go, No, no, no. I'm talking to your sister. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Like you, I can kiss his chest and be Leo, like, this is, Leo between, this is between us, not you. <laughs> Leo told me one time, if he ever gets a tattoo, it's going to be a tattoo of my face on his chest just to fuck with me. So when I look at him, I see my own face. <laughs> you know what, he never though? will. He never would get a tattoo. You have a nice face and you like your I face. Nice so face. I feel Thank like you. just like the narcissist in you is like, yes. Get my fucking yeah. face on your chest. I like to have sex with myself all the time. Oh I look in the mirror while I have sex with myself and it's great. It's I'm great. very good at it. You always hit the spot. <laughs> I'm a sexy bitch. Yes, I do always hit the Somehow I always know how to get there. How to get there. <laughs> I play my body, body like a fine instrument. <laughs> sure. Speaking of, I, I, well, no, I don't have the mirror anymore because I moved. So anyways, I used to have a floor length, full length mirror. It. It's in my bedroom. <laughs> oh, there you go. Perfect. So you probably have sex in front of it too. Oh yeah. <laughs> I used to love, I'd spread out some towels on the floor, you know, get my book, whatever I was reading lately. Maybe a little fan fiction, smut online. I don't know. It's been a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I would just, have like, you know, just bang a few out, you know, bang just enjoy my afternoon. <laughs> just looking in the mirrors, the good old times. I, just working I, through some fantasies in my mind. I think it's healthy. You gotta look you, at yourself. First of all, I think it's healthy. Sometimes, we, sometimes, also, you know when you say in books where they're like, the pupils are like blown out? Yeah. And I've seen it in other people, obviously. But like, when you see it in yourself, you're like, Dean, I look dazed as fuck. <laughs> also, sometimes, sometimes when you see your, your old face, sometimes you see your old face, oh, yeah. you, should, you should never see your old face. Sometimes it's okay. It's okay. And sometimes you're like, is that, is that what? Man, I thought I was really doing something right there, but I was. Shani, <laughs> <laughs> I always think I'm doing something. I just spit water all over my computer, you guys. That was fucking funny. Actually, it was tea. Actually, it was tea. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, well, let's get into this. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. We crushed this. Crushed this intro. The book title is Ignite by Melanie Harlow. And if you didn't listen, we interviewed Melanie. Uh, actually, I did. And that came out on Tuesday. So if you didn't, uh, make sure you check that out because she was super fun. And she said a lot of interesting things. We talked about book covers and like discrete covers versus non discrete covers, how she writes, how many books she can write like a year, and contemporary romance and kind of how she falls into that sweet spot for her. Make sure you go and check out that episode. And if you sign up for our newsletter, you can get 25% off in a 4th of July sale all of the merch on our website so if you go to the link in any of our bios or click the link in the description of the podcasting app of your choice you can subscribe to our newsletter and get your discount code so make sure you go we got a lot of juicy juicy gossip we're starting to do it once a month and because i feel like i don't like getting that much mail emails from people so we're going to do once a month keep it nice and simple and we'll have fun like behind the scenes and exclusives and sales on merch and just all kinds of goodness so make sure you uh check out the old news yeah. and by old i mean it's just starting now it's, just starting. <laughs> it's, new. it's new it's a new one 
All right, Bridget, I'm ready to talk about this book. I'm ready. Let's talk about it. Let's get it popping, y'all. Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. You know, you guys, before we get into this episode, I do want to say one thing, which is that I did a real spit take. It's all over my laptop and microphone and the desk. And also I was talking to someone and they told me that they thought that spit takes were fake, that no spit takes were ever real. And I was with uh, the old hubs and he was laughing so hard because I spit take at home at least three times a week. Like, first of all, I love to laugh. I think things are funny. And I feel like I find joy in things and I don't hold it in I don't hold it in and also my husband tries to time his jokes with when I drink things so that I will spit them out and the other day Kira got me and I had to like I I clenched the water and I refused to spit it out but I almost spit it all over the table because she said something so funny with such good timing so anyways if you guys aren't spit taking in real life I think you um need to hang out with funnier people come hang out with my husband he's a star. You know, it's funny. It takes, like, it takes for days. For days. When you have a partner that actually can make you laugh, like I underestimated yeah. having a funny ass partner. Like my, the partner I have now, I, we're, we're rolling like 24 seven. Like it's just joke so after joke after joke. And it yeah. makes life so much easier when life can be oh, so dude. hard some days. <laughs> dude, I totally agree. And it, it makes the, it makes the times that are like rough or stressful or whatever better because yeah, the dark humor then comes in and that's even better than the lighthearted yeah. humor. Okay, oh, yeah. so let's talk about this book. We're talking about Ignite by Melanie Harlow. Um, Shawnee, how was the narrator before I get going? The narrators were fine. You know, there was something off, but I can't really put my finger on it. So I'm just going to say that that they're fine. But there there was one aspect where like in this book, there's kids and they call yeah. their, their dad, daddy. And then there was another point where they say daddy, but in a different context. And I was like, it sounded like the kids were saying it yeah, in a weird way. It sounded like the kids were saying <laughs> oh no. It was like the narrators had so many kinky daddy books that they're <sighs> like, daddy. And yeah, then daddy. they just forgot which tone they're supposed to be in. Hey daddy. Yeah, it's it, it just the daddy hit in a weird way. And I was like, ah, okay. No. But anyway, I definitely think that was a narrator thing and not a book thing. Cause I did not read that at all. So don't worry. There were no undertones of weirdness. <laughs> As we said, the author is Melanie Harlow. This is technically book number six in the Clover Lee Farms series um, on Goodreads. However, on, on Amazon, when I talked to her, she said that it's really like book one of the next generation. So the original five are like their sort of parents' generation or, or rather her parents' generation. And then this is like the next gen. It's contemporary romance. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, makes contemporary sense. romance. We've got... A lot of tropes in this one. We picked it because it's a hot single dad, uh, but it's age gaps, firefighters, next door romance, grumpy sunshine, you know, all the good things. What did you think of the uh, cover art? Oh, yeah. The cover art was hot. It was hot. Okay. You, I thought, that was my first sentence. Cover art was hot. Exclamation you point. You know, I like a good shirtless <laughs> exclamation point. I like, like for a second, I forgot it. And I was like, oh, nope, I remember it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was hot. I love a shirtless guy on the cover of a book. Yeah. With, he was like laying thing. down, doing kind of like a half ab crunch. So his abs were mm-hmm. popping out. He had that good, like dark Italian type of look. The camera. He could, he could have been like Lebanese or Italian yes. or something. And I, I liked yes. it. I, I was there for that. Uh, super tan. He was staring me dead in the eyes, which normally, you know, I'm not a fan of. But in this case, I was, I was like, you know, let's play through. <laughs> 
I'll take it. I'll take what you're picking up. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me tell you a little bit about this book and then we'll get into it. So Winnie is kind of a romance junkie and always falls in love with everyone that she dates immediately has told her best friend. They have a bet going that she can't last till Christmas without falling in love. And she's like, I'm going to do it. And then Dax moves in next door and he is a hot, hot single dad, firefighter, <laughs> former Navy SEAL with two little girls. And they end up kind of bumping into each other because the little girls kind of befriend her. And then they're sitting out on the patio in the back of their house and they end up chatting and then he kisses her. And then the next time, can we just skip right to it? Let's get right to it. Johnny. Cause then the next time he sticks a bottle into her mouth and kind of like, like gently like swirls it around her lips. He's drinking uh-huh. a beer. And then he kind of like pushes it a little bit and then she opens her mouth. What did you think? Bridget. <clears throat> okay. Listen. <laughs> I have to say, I have to start off by saying this book, no part of this book was for me. I okay. that like nothing, I found absolutely nothing hot or sexy about this book. And okay. not, not only that, but like the book for me started off at on like fuckboy level 10. So like some of the first bits of that were introduced to to Dex is about him and his ex. And like he's talking about his ex mm. in just like such a fuckboy way that it literally mm. killed the book for me. Like right off the bat, mm. I was like, oh, this immature. Oh, okay, here we go. Like I and then I realized I, I don't know if this is a writing thing or a preference thing. I did not care mm-hmm. for his children in this in the book. I did not care for the kids. Really? I, I wonder if it's, it's the narrator too. I think it could definitely be the narration. The kids felt okay. like, you know what it felt like? I felt like um, I was listening to adult writing children. Like that's, mm. that's what I felt like. And so everything about it felt weird. They made the kids, the kids' voices actually were a little bit this weird whiny kind of sounding voices. Uh, yeah. But none of this book did it for me. None of this book that I think was hot. And like, and in fact, I thought this book was hella creepy. It was so, there was a line in this book that made me so uncomfortable. Oh, what was it? Tell that me. I almost DNF'd. Uh, I'll, here, I'll, I'll read it for you because it was like, okay, so you know there, there's an age gap, right? So like, as soon as I didn't like him, it made me more aware of that every time he talked about her, it had nothing to do with her personality and everything to do with her body. Like nothing to do with okay. her, like whatever. <clears throat> and, and so, and it's fine. Like, like that should happen. But like, I felt over time that he should be actually falling in love with her as like a human and not just like sure. a sex, a sex hole, you know? Um, sure. but, but he says, he says, <laughs> he says something along the lines of she comes out, she's coming out and he's seeing her for like the first time. And, you know, she looks sexy and sweet and hot, even younger than usual. And I'm like, she's 22. How? Wait. So like, what age is she looking like right now? Wait. Like he, like he says that she's coming out looking hot and beautiful and even younger than usual. And I'm like, what middle school is middle school doing it for you? Because 22 is damn near a baby. What, what do you, and it was, I don't know, it just grossed me. (laughs) And then like later on when he says something to her, he's just like, just because we fuck doesn't mean I have to tell you everything. And I was like, bitch, if you don't get the fuck out of my face right now, this bullshit. And she's like, why you hurt my feelings? And I'm like, I can't. I got a fuck boy and an idiot. Like, what are we doing here? This book is not for me. It was not written for me. I I cannot. First of all, I'm in love with this. I'm in love with this. I like when we argue about stuff because it makes me happy. I also like when I think a lot of it is 
about how we read the book. Because in this case, I thought the kids were funny. I thought the fact that they're constantly, because like kids give people shit all the time. And I love that they immediately are just like telling all his secrets. Dad stores in front of us. Like we saw her butt. Like I thought that stuff was funny because that is like kids don't keep secrets at all. Yeah. And so they would just blurt that shit out. So I actually thought the kids were funny. But had I heard a whining narrator, I would have been like, fuck having kids in a book. But also he's a single dad, so you gotta have kids in a book. I also in the scene where he says she looks even younger than usual, because I was reading it and not listening to whatever however the narrator was saying that, in my mind he was like going to introduce her to his sister and he was like he had just said earlier like they're gonna give me shit for how young she is and now here she is looking like like 18 as opposed to 22 yeah it's how I read it but I I, could see where I could see where with the different inflection that scene gets a little creepier it gets a little little creepy I bet I bet I bet. So I think that's so interesting so I actually liked this book I thought the book was fun I thought it was I didn't think it was like a five-star read, but I was definitely in the like, I just like a three, four stars because while he did not work as well for me, I enjoyed Winnie's character. I thought she was like really fun. I liked her relationship with her friend and her family. I thought her relationship with his kids was really fun. I always like in books when like characters are like, we're not going to fall in love. And like, I refuse to fall in love with you. And I thought their little thing of like, at the end of the night, always being like, I don't love you. And she's like, I don't love you either. Like, I thought that was really cute. <laughs> I just liked her. I thought Whitney was great. I liked also that she, I feel like this doesn't always happen in romance novels, that she took the job and left. Yeah. And did the right thing for her. And, and she didn't like, I feel like in a different book, she would have dithered over. So she got this job offer there in Michigan, the job offers in Rhode Island. And she wasn't sure. She like asked her dad and her mom and her you know best friend, like, what do you think? And they're like, well, we're going to miss you. But like, this is your dream job. You have to apply for it. And she didn't spend like weeks not responding to like, the email and yeah. other bullshit. She emailed like the next day. She had an interview a few days later. She got the job. She took the job. She did kind of like what you would do with someone who you're kind of like fucking with. Like, so do you think I should take it? Because things are kind of heating up between us. So that I was fine with. But I like that she was like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to be sad about this because I'm in love with you. Even though I said I wasn't going to fall in love with you, I did. But I'm going to leave Bruh. and go chase my dreams. Winnie should have left, chased her dreams, never came back, and this book should have ended. <laughs> I agree. I think... Bro, they were they at, at the end when they were like getting married. I'm like, you you've not achieved anything that means marriage should be happening right now. Like, I just mm-hmm. I was so <laughs> I was so against it. I was at the end of the book. It was it was a you will be divorced in uh, 18 months type of like maybe they make it the three to three years. But then when she realized she had yeah. needs, she actually had like lady needs. That would ended in a divorce. This is a book that ends in divorce. <laughs> It's so funny. I mean, who knows? A lot of romance. I, romances, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if you guys are making the long haul, but you're happy now and you're married now. So yeah. I'm fine with it as you yeah. are together. I also did, like, I didn't find it particularly hot. Like, I, there are sex scenes and stuff like that. I was just like, yeah. And I also, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just also over, like, these, like, sex scenes where it's like, I don't have a condom when I'm on the pill. Okay. I haven't been with anyone for a while. Like, I don't know. I just, I like, I was just like, okay, like, uh. <laughs> I mean, 
I think that's like the hard thing about contemporary is like you have to talk about it. And if you want to commit to doing a condom for the whole time, cool. But as an author, if you're like, no, I don't want to do that. you got to like figure out a way to yeah. make it make sense. But, but I guess part of me is like, because so many books do it, like at the moment that they're having sex, they, they have that exact same exchange, right? For sure. I, yeah. I kind of wish- be like earlier, like yeah. at dinner, like, no, oh, I'd like you to be in me with no condom. They're like, yeah. are you sure? It's like, I'm on a pill. Okay, cool. Now we're all excited that we're going to go fuck later. Yeah. Also, like at yeah. that point where it's getting like ri- you're getting riskier, then just commit to the risk. Like I don't know, one way or the other. Like, but I also feel like er- like earlier on they could have talked about it, like, yeah, I'm on the pill, but I really like to use a condom, blah blah blah, whatever. For sure. Okay, cool. For so sure. now we 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 know that she's on the pill, right? And like mm-hmm. so later on when you know they're like, oh well, you know, let's not use a condom or whatever, or like, like earlier on, even when they were still using protection, he could have been like, yeah, I got tested already. You know, but I always like to be extra careful that all that could have happened some at some other point. So then when that time comes, it could be hot. I get it. But that that interchange, that interchange right there kills some of the it kills some of the sexy for me. I'm like, OK, cool. Read this before. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also did read. I So I feel like po- possibly I benefited from not reading the original series because I did read yeah. some reviews that said that it felt very similar to the first book of the series. Yeah. Um, and they made a mention to like, oh my God, it's like you're marrying dad. It's like the same, you know, dad was a single dad and whatever. I didn't read it, so I can't comment on that. But I will say that I enjoyed this book. I completely understand why you didn't, but I went in sort of expecting kind of like a sexy but lighter contemporary romance. And I feel like I got that. Like I feel like I went in also knowing he was a single dad. That was gonna be a very large part of the storyline. Yeah. And so it didn't bother like I didn't love the way he talked about his ex-wife, but I was fine with it because he never said it in front of his kids and he didn't shit talk his ex-wife to her. And he like actually grew up and was like, Hey, it really bugs me when you call and nitpick me while they're with me, when they're with me, they're with me. And also like, give me their doctor appointments. Like I can handle this stuff. I'm here now. Like I get, I wasn't here, but I'm here now. So he did have some growth in that. I do. I did. I only gave him three stars. I did say that like she married him because like his cute ass kids helped him with this proposal and the grovel. And I didn't think his big gesture was like big gesture enough for me because she said she loves a grand gesture. And I was like going to someone's house in the middle of the night and like professing your love is really cute, especially if you get the house wrong, like adorbs, but also like you didn't have her favorite snacks. You didn't have flowers. You didn't, bitch, you didn't prepare. You'd have a picnic ready, like horse drawn carriage. Like you didn't come on. She's expecting a big proposal. So he, he got three stars for me, but I really liked Winnie and I liked the town and the people. I like a good, you know, like a good town where there's some quirky characters. I was excited about Gianni and um, her best friend. That's the problem. I, I liked. They're the next book. Enemies to lover. Only yeah. one bed. I like the town better than the couple, and that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the that's the problem. Like, I, where there were people who agreed with you in the in the reviews who said, like, of the books, like he was not their favorite MC, or they weren't their favorite character, their favorite couple. Not at all. He was, but like, he just had fuckboy tendencies to me. Everything that it was, it was so remarkably he. His character was so immature to me, right? That it that it would have been better if they were the same yeah. age. Like if he was twenty two and she was twenty two, this book would have made more sense to me in their dumb dumbassness. Or right? if he was like, or if he was like twenty six, twenty eight. He didn't need to be in his thirties for the dumb the the 
yeah. like what was happening. And she was she was a baby, right? And so it just like I don't know. Yeah. And again, this is one of those things where I'm finding the older I get, the more I just don't enjoy sure. those those type of dynamics because they just feel super groomy to me at this point. So like you know, this may oh, be somebody. Let's let, let's let it be said. She's trying to. She is an adult. She needed to take care of a check. First of all, first of all, this is where we disagree. Somebody in their 30s dating someone who's 22, I don't care. It's super creepy and it's super groomy. Now, some people can do it and they're legal and that's fine. But I know that at 22, no, none of us were adults in our brain and none of us knew any better. And somebody at 30 something knows so much more than we do. So there is okay. still, there will always be an element of groominess to me. Now that that's other people's journey and that's totally fine. I'm not going to go to your house and be like, God damn you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? But I will, I want to say this out loud because I wish I, at 22, I had known better. Like I had known more. I had known that someone at 32 knew way more than I did and had some insight that I didn't have and that it was easier to take advantage of because I was 22. Mm. So, so I think that that's important. I just never wanted, I know people had like, you know, whatever kind of, you know, issues or, or, or just like freedom of thinking of other people. But I saw people in their thirties when I was 22 and I was like, you're all this fuck. Like, I'm not going to date you. Like you're a grown person. I'm, I don't want to date you. That's disgusting. Like people would hit on me and I'd be like, ew, ew. Yeah. I want a hot 22 year old with rippling assholes. Thank you. (laughs) Also like, because, and, and the, and the reason I think for me, like it's important I say this is because depending on how you were raised, if your parents were more open about things, then you will have a different perspective. But someone like me who came from a very closed household didn't know any better. So I just want anybody listening to this to, to think twice. If you got a 10 year age gap and you're under 25, think twice and be watchful and also take the counsel of the women around you. They will tell you what you're getting into mm-hmm. and they will tell you what, what is like healthy and not healthy. Because at that point you really mm-hmm. just don't know what yep. like you, you'll, I look back and I'm like, God, that was real toxic. And I had no fucking clue. You know? That's um, like part of the reason that I always feel like I ignore the ages. I mean, they brought up age quite a bit in this book, but in it, in a typical romance as the way we say we like ignore the way they look and stuff i base as long as everyone's like legal enough i basically ignore all ages like it's a clean sweep for me i don't really you remember when we were reading bullies you remember when we were reading the bully romances where they were like 18 and 20 and we were like yeah this feels weird (laughs) no but i'm well in that instance they were both super young but in general like i'll read a romance it's like when we read some of the historicals and they were like 18 years old and i was like you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna care about the fact that she's 18 and he's 25 right now or 35 because i think like i can't i don't discount anything you're saying i think sometimes it's it's so a suspension Okay, so in contemporary, it's much harder because it's real more real. First of all, in contemporary, it's really hard because in historical, it happens a lot. There's a lot of 18 year olds marrying sure. old dudes, right? Again, that's kind of why historicals and fantasy and stuff are easier because you can suspend For way sure. more disbelief with those. For sure. But I also think it's like how the author writes it, right? So, like, mm-hmm. yes, there's this big age gap, but then there were moments in this book that felt real, like he felt really like an immature old dude to me. Right. So if he had, if he he felt like a more mature dude who was also interacting with her in a more mature way. And if she felt like a more mature 
girl, like girl for like there were certain mm-hmm. things she she did that were so infantile to me that like I was mm-hmm. like oh she's a baby you know what I mean like mm-hmm. and so I just feel like the writing was just not there for them to support mm-hmm. them having this this relationship it slightly felt like a dark romance to me and I don't think that's what she was going for do you know what I mean <laughs> I don't know that like yeah. and so and so I think that it this is like you know I could say all sorts of things like it felt groovy this that whatever but it went to, it goes down to the writing. The writing was not there for me in this book and it did not give, it did not allow me to feel like these were two mature people making decisions to have a healthy relationship moving forward. And if I feel at the end of the book that the characters are getting divorced, they're getting divorced. Like that's, they're just, they're just getting divorced, man. It ain't happening. They they ain't even making it to the wedding. (laughs) They're like, they plan the wedding, they have the engagement party, the bachelorette party, and it breaks up right there. They're like, wedding canceled. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know you love Moomoo, though. But I also do like Moomoo. I disagree. (laughs) I do, too. It's so fun. I also think that that's, like, the beauty of of, uh, reviewing and of reading is that not everyone has to agree. And I'm sure, dear listeners, there's some of you who agree with me all the time. There's some people who agree with Shawnee all the time. And I think that that's beautiful because they know that our opinions are real. Because we've had the other side where you've been like, this book is great. And I'm like, I hate everything about this book. And I'll, throw it, I will, I'll stand by that and give it one star right now. I will give it one Also, I was going to say on a related note, I'm reading a book right now that's later in our season. And the other book in the series is a professor-student age gap. And she, the summer before her freshman year of college, or I haven't read the book yet, but I'm assuming it's her, it's her freshman year, but frankly, she could be a sophomore, junior. I, I don't know. I haven't read the book yet, but she was his nanny and they hooked up and then she goes to class the first day and he's her teacher. And I was like, I'm going to read it. It's creepy. <laughs> I'm going to read it. You know, it's, so- it is supposed to be taboo. It's a taboo on purpose. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like that's the thing. When I see taboo, I need to see taboo on the cover. If you're going to give me taboo, like, right. That I feel like there's you want to be you know, prepared. There's moods because then you're there, fine because then you moods. know. Oh, you know they know that this is wrong. Yeah, in some way, shape, or form because it's taboo, and so I can now enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. I I just think that like because because you you as well we're mood readers, right? So some yep. days, so right. I I think I told you this the other day. I am totally in the mood for power exchange dynamics right now, right? I don't necessarily need- I think we're going into our boss, employee, billionaire dynamics in a few weeks. But I don't need the age gap. That's the thing. I don't need the age gap. I just need the the dynamics. So the boss employee is a great one. I told you I want a nice maid or housekeeper one. Like, Oh yeah, you guys, if you have any recommendations for this, Shawnee asked me the other day, if you have a recommendation for like a housekeeper, maid, valet- some sort Dem- of domestic servant, domestic servant, household employee could be historical, could be you know, we're open. I'm open. Who who is in it, but but some sort of power dynamic. It's yeah. so not like, oh, they just fall in love and it's all like happy. <laughs> some sort of like clean my floor while I, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like some sort of like shit's a little bit taboo, a little bit wrong, a little bit exciting. Yeah. Um, please drop those on Instagram or on TikTok, and uh, I will make sure that one finds its way into our season of the fall. I, I appreciate you in advance. <laughs> You're welcome. But You're yes, welcome. Always but yeah. with you. So, like that that power dynamic, I I'm down for that, and I'm I'm excited to see like where we're gonna go in these like power exchange because they can be so sexy and they, it like done well. I feel like they can be so hot, and so I would really like to go on that hot train. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
I hear you. I, as, as always, I too would like to guys, we're going through trope season right now and it's been really fun to start it. And this is our last book closing out. Let me just double check my notes. Cause it feels like that's true. Yeah. Okay. This is our last book closing out our dad's trope. And then we are moving into fake dating, which I love so much. I love fake dating. dating. I'm, I don't, no more dads. I'm, I'm good on the dads. <laughs> We're done with dads. This is our last dad of the bunch. You know, I think, you know, what's funny is I feel like dads is not my favorite. Although, not my favorite. Although your dad will do is my favorite book. Obviously we've read so far in the trope season. In general, dads is not my thing because part A, I don't necessarily want there to be children in the books especially when they're like falling in love. Cause it just takes up a lot of airtime to have kids around. I'm going to agree. A lot of I'm going to agree wholeheartedly with you. Like the kid, yeah. like when I was reading this book, yeah. I go, Oh, I don't think I like children in my books or like at least, uh, you or know, children's... they go to the nanny, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like out of the way. Well, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm used to. Right. So the kids, yeah. like it's very intentional when the, when the characters go to the kids in historicals and right. in contemporaries, the kids are just always so there all the time. Always. They have to go to the pool. And I felt like he, he only had them two days a week. And I felt they like they were there the whole damn time. I was like, why do these kids need to go to their mama's house? (laughs) Yes. We need some adult time, please. Thank you. I agree. Yeah, because she like talked about how they were together all the nights he didn't have the kids. But I was like, but we I want to see those nights. Like I want to see the date nights. I want to see the fucking. I want to see the flirting. Yeah. That's what I want. So anyway, so I have discovered that kids are not my favorite thing. Yep. in the world to be in, in my, my romance. romance. Yeah, no. Not my favorite thing. Seen, not heard. Seen, not heard. <laughs> Seen, not heard. Not heard. There you go. <laughs> heard it from Shani. And up next, you guys, we have fake dating. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with our ratings for the book, and then we'll tell you a little bit about the next books we have upcoming. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> All right, Shani, what did you give Winnie? I gave Winnie a two. Because I did, I mean, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. She said some stuff in the book where I was like, girl, if you don't get yourself an older sister who can snap you into play, like get you together, I just couldn't. I couldn't bridge it. Nothing in my body could do it. Like sometimes also I feel bad for the moments in life where I'm reviewing a book because like, you know, sometimes your your everyday life bleeds into like, sure. the, the read right 100%. um 100%. i just have no bullshit meter right now like i am in a, mo- a mode where like i just need people to get it together i was like guys get it just get it together <laughs> and that's I mean, they I can't about. have it together the whole book otherwise there's nowhere for them to go <laughs> no 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 no. i'm not even talking about their romance know, situation but i'm just talking about her yeah. as like a, as a person there was just no like she did have it together she applied for this job she got the job having a job she does not mean anything. she had her own house her own condo she listen she felt like an idiot to me the like i was like girl common street street smart i honestly would love to listen to the audiobook because i also wonder if part of it is just the way the person read their line so listen it's it goes back to that whole thing about like um when the story's not there then it starts it starts to look like other things are going off so i would say that the audio that the narrator was was a little on the whiny side for me um in terms of in terms of so it heightened, you probably it was not going to be a good score regardless, but it probably heightened it a tiny it, bit. It, it heightened, yes, it did. And then, yeah. but the but the writing, I mean, Winnie still had to say the the lines, and the lines sure. were sure. I thought they were whack. You know what I mean? And again, I'm a backseat driver here. I mean, I can't write it. I can't write a book. 
<laughs> but, but also like this book was just a miss you know I've not okay. I, I don't think I've read anything else from this author so I can't couldn't tell you anymore but yeah. this book for me hard miss hard miss okay well I gave her a four because I liked her spunky attitude I like that she didn't let him treat her like shit like at, like she would walk away and be like okay cool no thank you and go home yeah and and demanded that he like open up to her and not just like apologize as kind of like, I'm sorry. Like, let me give you some kind of like this. Like he had to actually like offer up some parts of his vulnerability for her to forgive him. Yeah. I also like that she was really good with the kids because obviously if she's going to be their stepmom, you want her to interact well with the kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like that. She like had fun with them. She never got catty about his ex when she met her. She was like, Oh, congratulations on getting married. Like she was very kind to her. She, like encourage him to be kind. Um, I also thought it was funny that she was like a love junkie and she was trying really hard not to fall for him. And one of the first lines she said when she met him was, it's fine that my new next door neighbor is a hot firefighter and a single dad with muscles for days and dark broody eyes. It's fine because I am the boss of my feelings. <laughs> and I just thought that was like a very cute way to start. I, um, I, I don't I, I don't disagree with you that she she didn't feel old, but she was 22. So she wasn't supposed to feel super yeah. mature because she's not. And so, and I did like that. She took her job. So I gave her a four. Yeah. I did like also that thing about her being a love junkie for me undermined their, their romance because I, it set the tone for me that didn't matter who moved she would in fall in love door, regardless. She was going to fall in love regardless. And mm. so like that actually killed a bit of the spunk for me in like in that character, I was like, oh, she's like everybody. Every one of us has that friend who falls in love with anybody who literally looks in their direction, and yeah. and then they get together and they play house, and then they blow so up. Serial and- monogamous, where you're yeah. like, wait, you just broke up with that other person like yeah. three weeks ago. How did you even? I never understood. Like, where do you even find these people? Yeah, because like I have only dated three people in my whole life, and I yeah. married one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, where did you find enough people that you could like stand for long enough to date them? And again, I think it's to your point of like anyone pay them attention. They like mold themselves into the shape to fit that other person. Yeah. And obviously I am not that person. Cause I was like on three <laughs> dates and I was like, Peace, uh, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> and I <knew. laughs> and there were certainly people that I was like, Oh, I think I could love you, but they didn't, you know, like me back or love me back. I'm sure, you know, that yeah. definitely happened over the years, but I was like, man, I really did not like a lot of people. Yeah. And that, like, to me, to me in that, in that line, like, Oh, she fell in love with everyone. I was like, Oh, okay, great. So a goat could move in next door. That, like this was, could be a romance. Between I, her and a I don't, dis- I don't disagree, <laughs> but the only reason it worked for me was because, because she like worked really hard not to love him. So that's like the only reason it worked for me was because she was like, like actively in her mind, like, Oh my God, that's cute. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's the bare minimum. You stand strong, Winnie. So I, for me, it worked because it was like her falling in love with him, yeah. even though she was like trying not to, which, which I enjoyed. So what did you, what did you what give Dex? No, what do you give Dex? I gave him a three. He definitely, he lost an entire point off the bat because he didn't tell her that he loved her and wanted her to stay, which, you know, is my pet peeve. Whack. Not yeah. that she should have stayed. But that he wasn't like man enough to say like I want you to stay. You should go, but I want you to stay. Yeah, he was very anti loving, grumpy, but not in like the fun grumpy sunshine way. Yeah, like most of the time I catnip grumpy sunshine because I always love 
books in general, regardless of whether he's like a grump or a serial killer or werewolf or whatever. I, I, I do enjoy that trope where it's like, I'll kill everyone or hate everyone or be mean to everyone except for you. Like, I love yeah. that trope. I also have a very grumpy husband towards everyone else, but towards me, he's like very charming and lovely. So he's not, that's not true. He's not grumpy to everyone. He is a grump, but anyways, I am, I am the sunshine of his life. So I, you are the I enjoy that. Of his life. Are, yes, I am. Also, also just, just to, to be fair, right. Just to be fair to you and to him, like, cause my partner is the exact same way that your partner is. Part, part of me also feels like they would get along really well. They do not do well with stress and anxiety. So in high anxiety modes, they turn into like bitch babies. Like, I don't know what it is, but as soon as, as soon as, like, as soon as my partner quit his job, that was like super overworking him, super whatever. Yeah. Again, back to the lovely, delightful human that I enjoy. Vacation Leo is my favorite Leo because that's when all the stress falls away. I have talked to him also about uh, restarting therapy. And I said, I know that you do have ADHD. I understand that that is a fact. I said, however, I don't think the ADHD is anything that's really a fact. I mean, you, you cope with that just fine. Like you do great at work, blah, blah, blah. I said, I really think you need to talk to them about your anxiety. He's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, it's not, it's not a quote unquote normal, maybe standard range, perhaps we'll say. (laughs) You go through an entire disaster scenario or 20 in a row. Yeah. Uh, over a very small thing like, oh, we're going on vacation. That's not, oh, the, the company might fall, you know, the kids yeah. might drown. Like, that's not what a, a, you know, sort of standard in the middle brain does. That's what we call anxiety. He's like, really? And I was like, that is anxiety, my friend. Yeah, the spiraling. Anxiety. I said, that is anxiety. And I said, it might yeah. be helpful to talk to someone for some strategies to how to get out of it. And I said, or possibly, a low dose of maybe you don't take it every day, but maybe you only take it on days where you're like, you can't get out of the spiral and yeah. it's just enough to help you break it out. And he was like, Oh, and I was like, you know, yes, but you is. gave him, honestly, you gave him a tool that's really powerful because like years ago I was talking to a therapist or whatever. And they were like, do you have anxiety? And I was like, no. <laughs> and the reason, <laughs> I said, no. the reason I said no was because I don't have, I didn't have panic attacks. Like, I didn't just mm. break down and cry in a corner or like that wasn't a thing. Right. And so, right. and, and then I, I asked, I was like, well, what is saying, what would anxiety even look like? She, I said, and I was like, I don't have panic attacks. And they were like, she was like, yeah, that's doesn't mean you don't have anxiety. And then that's when I learned that aggression was a form of anxiety. And I was like, yes, that's what I do. I have that. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. When I, when I am like, when and I'm like stressed. probably defensiveness and getting really like, worked up and can't yeah. release it and- super worked up I, like I, like snapping at everyone da, da, da. and yeah. she was like yes that's anxiety and I was like yeah. oh because I only have I this image that. you know what I mean like <laughs> I well he, goes, he said to me like a year ago or maybe two years ago he was like going through like all these crazy scenarios and I was like what are you doing right now and he's like, well, blah, 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 blah. You know, he's just going through like an anxiety spiral out loud to me. Yeah. And I said, I said, none of that's going to happen, though. He's like, well, couldn't. I said, no. And he's like, you mean you don't do that? And I was like, no, hon, I don't. I don't have anxiety. I don't. That's just not my, it's not the way. I have plenty of other things to think about. But 
I, I thankfully have never been someone who got like anxious over tests. Oh, I might fail. I might do that. Never. Like I've, yeah. I have such a healthy self-confidence. I'm always like, I would never cheat off someone else. I'm smarter than everyone else. In this <laughs> Even if it's not true, it doesn't matter, but I will believe it till I die. Yeah. And yeah. And he was like, Oh, like I just assumed everyone kind of like went down these rabbit holes, which is why he's great at his job. Cause a big part of it is troubleshooting, like figuring out troubleshooting and also like, thinking about and forecasting like where the problems will be or could be so that then they can like build some safeguards. So yeah. it's really good for his job, but it, you know, it's, we're not going to lose our house. Like our kids are going to be okay. Like, yeah. So anyway, so I gave, so anyways, I gave Dax a three. I was on the border for like a two. Cause I really, again, he did not really work for me, but he was a really good dad to the kids and they loved him and had fun with him. I also think like in terms of the character arc, he did go from like having conflict with his ex to like being an adult, resolving it, you know, congratulating her on her wedding, like, and then same with like not opening up to her, not being open to love, not being vulnerable to like finally opening up to her and like even going to see his dad and, you know, reading the letter and blah, blah. I do wish like some of that happened earlier in the book so that it wasn't all right at the end so that it was a little bit more of a progression for me as a, as like a reader. But I also, and I also was like, cause to your point of him being a fuck boy, I feel like the fuck boy thing would have been like, no, you should stay next door to me so I can just fuck you and like keep you on the line. And I did appreciate that. He was like, if that's your dream job, like you should, and he like, you should apply for it. And then like a couple of days later, he's like, Hey, how did the interview go? Did you get it? And she didn't have to like prompt him. Like he remembered and he like wanted to know about her life and her stuff. So I do appreciate that. Low key bare minimum, right? Like I, 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 barest I, of minimum. I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you. Like he was not, again, two or three for me is pretty low for an MC. So he was definitely yeah. not my favorite. So, um, I, but I, I did say he was a McCireman hold me. Because <laughs> I thought that was funny. Because fireman hold, you know? Yeah. Did you get it? The fireman <laughs> I hold. Get the fireman hold. Okay. You okay. didn't laugh. Them. And I was like, that's rude. That's rude on the podcast. The listeners <laughs> laughed. They chuckled. They heard me. The fireman hold me. It took me a minute to, to hear you because if okay. I'm talking over you, it ducks you. But okay. But yes, that, that is very funny. I call Thank him you. a McDexter Morgan because he's killing me. But <laughs> uh, that's good. I, I will give him a two, even though I really want to give him a one, but I give him a two because I do think you're correct in that he, he ended the book like better off than when he started the book, but by the end of the book for me, it was still a bare, barest of minimum. Oh, supportive of your partner. God damn. You know, like, yeah. Right. You know, the thing about him in general, um, besides the fact that like, you know, his interactions with his ex and just hearing, I didn't even need to know too much about the ex, honestly. Like, I wish I had I know, never so want to less. know anything. Yeah. Just like, oh, she picked the kids up. I dropped them off. That's all I need. I don't yeah. care. I don't care that she's being married. I don't care that you had issues. Like, I yeah. don't care. The I marriage like didn't it, work out. Wash my hands. Wash, it. It's wash been it. years. We wash our hands. <laughs> I honestly think that his, because again, the book shifted for me immediately because in the beginning, he starts off talking about his ex. That's how like, does, we, get, yeah. we get introduced to yep. him. And so yeah. it, it painted him in a poor light from the jump for me. And yeah. I could never redeem him back or whatever. Cause yeah. like at, at that point where he like, where he's bad mouthing shit, I was just like, Oh no, nah, I can't let you go somewhere with that. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. I wish, 
I wish that the author had um, not even addressed the X too much in the story at mm-hmm. all. Right. Again, to your point, I- drop off, pick up, drop off. Pick I wish, I wish yep. he had been, I wish he had been just more supportive of her and we had just gotten a supportive image of him and his ex. Yep. Because again, yep. this, I don't like to your point. Of, like, that's who you want to marry. You want to marry someone who has an amicable co-parenting situation. Like you don't want to get involved in a relationship where there's animosity and like yeah. your kids and, and, and his wife, or his ex-wife in the scenes that we saw of her, to her credit, she was not, not trusting fully that he was like back and going to yeah. take care of them. Yeah. But she, when she met Winnie, she was like, Oh my God, my girls talk about you all the time. And like, wasn't mean about it or like, yeah. who the fuck are you? And then when she talked to him about it, she was like, Oh, like, are you, you guys are dating. Right. And he's like, well, she's like, well, I just assumed because the girls talk about her so much. And she wasn't like, why you have this woman around my kids? Like, so that I appreciated about her being in the book, but also again, didn't need her. Yeah. Could have left it. Could have left it. Totally. But I think that kind of goes along with like a little bit of like the single dad territory. You know what I mean? Just not the trope for us. It sounds. It, I don't think it's a trope for us, but as we will never read another single dad book on this book. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't, I don't want to read any more. I don't want dads. I don't want I don't to read anywhere. Single Thank you. And now your dad will do having a grown ass kid and you fucking the dad totally grown dad will do it and do it. it again and again. But and like, do I don't want any kids, like, unless they're like definitely see not heard type of thing. Epilogue kids. Epilogue kids, sure. You know, but like, no, maybe one or, maybe one or two scenes showing them be a good parent and that's it. Yeah. Move it along. And <laughs> it's not I about don't parenting. Want, this is about romance. Yeah, it's <laughs> almost like in real life. I, always, I was always like, when I was younger, this is different now, but when I was younger, I used to say, like, the only time, the only way I'll date a guy with kids is if his wife, or his partner is dead. <laughs> like, dead. Like, <laughs> if they're dead, then I'm like, cool. I'll slide on Widow, in there. Widower. You know, widower. Okay, yes. Now I will. Now, now I will take a widower, and I think that's probably why people write widowers instead of absolutely like, single dads because of that dynamic. Also, because they're sad, and and I feel like that's a very very big trope in yeah. in life and in, and, and in fiction yeah, and that it's second chance widow who gets a second chance at yes. love she fills Only the, for the holidays the though <laughs> does it replace the original wife but goes alongside I don't I to say yeah and honors the wife at their marriage and there's a mm-hmm. picture you know like that allows for so much grace i i honestly would let's say leo dies sad days knock on wood hopefully god forbid it ever happens but let's say he dies for the sake of this argument if I met someone who had children, yeah, who wasn't a widow, who if he was a widower, I mean, yeah, I guess, sure. I don't know though, because then it's like now I got all these kids all the time. If they're divorced, you only get some of the kids some of the time. <laughs> some kids See, some of the time, you know what I mean? It's like, listen, <laughs> in your case, Bridget, how many kids you got? You got six? No, hardest. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I am not the future wife for you. <laughs> if you have like one or two, not babies. Yeah. But, but first of all, honestly, like if I was in a situation like yours, like, but like if I were to be with someone else and that person was a lot, like their, their yeah. ex was alive or whatever, I would just make a deal with them. I'd be like, I will send mine as well as yours to your house. And then you, you said like, <laughs> I will pay you. <laughs> we got to keep them together. It's the unit. It's the bond. All the kids you know got to be together. They got to be together. You know what I'm saying? And like, <laughs> so you know what? Something well, I would definitely coordinate though. So like, yeah. let's say me and Leo got divorced. Yeah. 
and they were divorced, I would a hundred percent coordinate so we could have a week with no children. Oh, hell yeah. hundred percent. No children, yep. children, no children, children. children. Yeah. Bro, I wouldn't I, have kids all the time, like different kids every week. No, that's not the business. Yo, I have a, a PSA that is, it is a tangent, but it's slightly adjacent. I'm not so, going to get divorced from Leo. No, you're not. Gonna, who else going to marry that man? There, he is particular and he look at you like the queen Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce, it's that's crazy. not Beyonce. I was watching, we were watching Westworld earlier. We were talking about, oh no, we were watching movie trailers and he, I was like, oh, I think she's so beautiful. He's like, oh, she's okay. And then like, sort of like the most beautiful, famous, like movie stars on the planet. He's like, I like the other one better. Who's like more interesting looking. And and I'm like, you would be shocked if you played a game of like, 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 kill, marry or whatever. No, just like fuck or not. Just like, you'd be shocked. Like astonishingly beautiful people. You'd be like, and I'm like, what? What? I feel like I, I I honestly feel like this is the same for me because I am much more attracted to interesting looking people in real life, right? It, I'm not talking about a, about a book, yeah. right? A book, mm-hmm. whatever. But in real yeah. life, if there's somebody I want to talk to and like physical attraction, right? I am much more interested in people who just look different. Like they have personality. And have, like if they can make it's all well, about intelligence, be, personality. If they can make me laugh, they can make yeah. me like if the, anybody can be beautiful. I, to I me. agree. I also feel like people who are I don't, and this is because you know I don't love people who are like way prettier than me. <laughs> never date anybody super not, hotter than you. Nah, just never do. Don't do. It. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not talking about hotter because I would be okay if the guy was like hotter, but if he's like significantly prettier than me. Yeah, I would just be like, yeah, but you're so pretty, and I don't feel pretty today because you're so, so pretty. This is a personal preference. There was a girl on TikTok, and she's she's super heavy set, right? And so because of that, right? I don't know. I don't not a good judge of poundage, but I'm assuming she's mm-hmm. got to be close to three hundred pounds, right? And because mm-hmm. of this, uh, her husband is like super fit, and he's got this beard or whatever, right? To me, she, Are you talking about Alicia McCavill? I don't know her name, but or McCarvel? Alicia, Alicia, Alicia. I follow I, her. Yeah, I, I have no idea, but I mean, I think she, I think she's a fine-looking woman, right? Yeah. But apparently, like, she posted a transformation video with her and her husband, and she's been getting so much backlash, and people have been sliding into her husband's DM, like, "Yo, mm-hmm. your wife is not hot enough for you. Like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing?" And I'm like, "Really? Like, is that what we're doing in 2022, y'all? Like, is that she?" So she's a, I've been following her for a few, like a year now. Yeah. She's great. I'll drop her link in our, in our description of this episode. She's all about like body positivity. And also like, she like comes back at the haters. And so she doesn't like, just let it roll off her back. She's like, no, fuck you guys. Like he's my husband. It's not cool to be sliding in his DMs. Like that's fucked up. And it's also fucked up that you're saying that my like personality and my wit and my charisma and my humor mean nothing because my body shape doesn't fit your standards of what you think. I should look like to be married to him. And it's so funny. And she's like, people ask me if I get jealous of all these like hotter women going into my, I quoted that you guys, hotter women going into my husband's DMs. And she's like, and I don't because he isn't with me just like he would never date someone for a hot body. Cause he doesn't, that's not what turns him out. And he doesn't care about just like quote unquote traditionally hot bodies is not what attracts him like it's my heart and my humor and like 
and they've been together since they were 15. So it's like clearly this yeah, dude they're is, besties. I was like, we've been together for a fucking long ass time. Like so stupid. The crazy stuff that people say on her videos in the comments though is outrageous. It's super outrageous. Also, like the, I, I think people don't understand. And I like I had somebody say to me once that like I date guys who are like not to my level. And they were they were purely talking about physical. Right. Because they hadn't had any conversations with any of my partners. They didn't know them. They just physically, they were like, Johnny, they're not in your level. Right. And like, there's part of me in my brain that's like, one, sapiosexual. If you, if you're smart and can make me laugh, I think you're the sexiest person on the planet. If you're an idiot, that, that goes away immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like growing up full, I was in the dork club, dork, 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 dork club. I like dorks. I absolutely like dorks. It's not like a fun thing. It's not like a trendy thing or whatever. Like I was a weird, gangly, non-attractive individual when I was younger. Now, when I got to college, I started growing into my body, grew into my limbs. Mm-hmm. I used to look like a rubber band, right? Walking around, just <laughs> dingling it all over the place. Like I grew into my face. I grew into my lips. I grew into everything. And so now I think I'm hot as, I think I'm hot as fuck, but it doesn't change the fact. And I am a dork. And I'm okay with that. Like, I, that's not a negative, like, that I'm a dork. I agree. You know, and I, my partners are dorks. The things that we do together, we sat for, for forever during the pandemic playing Pokemon Go. That's how I want my life to look like. <laughs> I think it's also dangerous to love someone for their physicalness first, because we're all going to change over time, whether you change because you had a child or had surgery for some reason, or you just get to be 80 and now you're a little, you know, crone. We all, our physical appearance will change. Now it won't necessarily get worse. Like you and I, I think both look better now than we did in our teens and twenties. World's better. (laughs) Yeah. But that doesn't, and like, I think we'll look better in our forties as well, but that doesn't mean at some point that we won't start looking older because we will be older. Older. We will age. So like if someone only married me because I was hot. Yeah. Then like what is going to happen if I really unravel that decision? Yeah. What if I gain some weight? What if I have a baby and now my skin is different? What if, you know, or my boobs are different or what if, you know, like, again, what if you like get into a car accident and now you have a big ass scar or like, you know, you never know. I definitely think liking, liking your partner is more important than lusting after their physical form. So, so lust is important too. Lust is important, but again, like, I think lust can, lust can also be in the mind, you know, but like, oh yeah. Like one of the most toxic things, and I still have to like unpack this because I unpacked, had to unpack my mom first, but during the pandemic, I got to be at home with my dad. And then I had to unpack a whole bunch of stuff with my dad that I never even realized. Right. But one yeah. of the things that my dad said to me growing up, super hella toxic. One, I was like his therapist, but he said to me, he was like, Shawnee, don't get fat on your partner. Right. He's like, your partner has to still be physically attracted to you. And I don't care like what you have to do. Like, it's not fair to us that we have to have such this fat, like a fat body. Like we didn't sign up for that. My mom had five children for this man. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. She had five children yeah. for this man. And also, like, is your dad running marathons and, like, super toned and, like, keeping his body tight? Because I hate the, like, oh, dad bods are so cute. And then it's, like, what about mom bods, yo? We're the one who grew the goddamn kids. Like, yeah. what about us? <laughs> My dad is a naturally skinny guy. Like, no matter what he eats, he can he does not really gain weight. But what he does grow is a gut. So he is a... T- That's what I'm a, saying. Yeah, he is a bony yeah. dude with a pot belly. Yeah. That's whatever. what I'm saying. You got your pot belly. Did you grow a baby in there? No, yeah. you certainly did not. Do some core exercises. Do a plank every once in a while. But Britt, I'm just like, you, you know what? Like, if that's if, such a shitty thing to say to a kid, for sure. It is. And I was like 13. I'm like, why? why? And apparently yeah. he said this to my older sister. And he said this. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, at what point? Luckily, I don't think I personally internalize that because I've always, since I was young, been on this, like, I need three dudes. I don't give a shit. You guys like me. You know, but like low key, it led to other like thought threads about my dad and the things he said over the years and and situations that, you know, we were put in. But something Mm -hmm. like I'm going to bring it back to something we were talking about earlier. And this is actually Mm -hmm. just a a soapbox that I'm going to go on. Right. If you have if you have children out there, anybody who has children out there, if you do not have a will, please immediately go get yourself a will go like you can go online and you can literally download like a template and go get it go get it notarized and if you can like if you can't afford to go to a lawyer just get it notarized right and the reason i say this is because you will have absolutely no say in where your children go if something happens to you if you do not have a will and where this is actually hitting weird in my family is that my cousin she uh she was married and uh, sorry, she had a baby with her boyfriend years ago, a little girl. And that girl was like, is about eight years old now. Right. And then about four years ago, she had an, a little boy with her husband, her then husband. Um, so she had a, a seven-year-old girl and a four-year-old little boy. And then she passed away during COVID. And uh, she had another issue, but, you know, COVID hit and that was the end. It took, it took her out. Now, those children have different fathers. Now, they were growing up in the same home with her. But when she passed away, they went to separate homes and they don't get they only get to see each other when my grand when their grandmother, my aunt, comes to pick them up and they have time together. But they're siblings. And I just think it's so important because if there had have been a will, because one of the fathers didn't technically have custody anymore, they could have been kept either together or had a much better like situation together. And so it just is a reminder. And so I'm putting it out there just in case that somebody is listening, just make yourself a will, some sort of thing. So you can guarantee where your children are going to be going. If something happens, that's it. My soapbox done. I a hundred percent agree. I, I've been talking to Leo. I actually just mentioned this to Leo the other day. I was like, we, cause we, we've talked about it. We already know who are getting our children and like all of our assets and stuff. And I was like, we have to sit down. I was like, cause God forbid, like there's some sort of squabble. Honestly, I don't think you never think your family is going to be the one to squabble, but you certainly don't want it to happen. And then also like, we don't want all of our assets to be tied up in like probate or whatever. Yep. And then whoever's supposed to be taking care of our kids can't access any of our assets to pay for those kids. And again, like our, the rest of our family would help cover expenses as needed until that happened. But you don't want to like dick around and like fuck your family over. Now they have to deal with all this bullshit because you didn't like fill out your forms. Yep. I will say though, that my dad still doesn't have a will and it makes me really mad because about 15 years ago, he won 
a silent auction for a will with like a lo- a lawyer that we're fr- family friends yeah. with. And he just needs to go there and like fill it out and sign it. Like it's so stupid. It? it makes me so mad because not only do we have like a lot, like he has like he's got assets. He's got some stuff in a lot of places. Yeah. He has yeah. a house. He has a rental house that we stay in once a week and then he rents it the rest of the year. Like, he has obviously like he's been working for, you know, he's retired now. So he's working his whole life. He's got, you know, stock accounts and bank accounts and, you know, a car or whatever. He's got a lot of crap. And he also has a lot of shit in his house too that we'd have to go through. And I'm like, and I've told him before, like, I am very blunt as you know. And I'm like, dad, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah. You're going to make us deal with all this bullshit. How the fuck are we going to find your passwords? How the fuck yeah. are we going to get all this stuff handled? I was like, we're going to lose all, like all this money you worked so hard for. We're going to lose half of it. Cause you're, cause you're addicted. He needs a living will. Not a living, That's what I'm a living trust. He needs a living trust. That way there's no probate. Yeah. So he has, I think he has some stuff like that set up or he's setting up, but like, it's so silly. Cause I'm like, dad, like this would take you, like, you just have to do it. And his ADHD is so fucking bad though. It's like so dad hard definitely has ADHD. Even, <laughs> even like comprehend sitting down and like do it. Like I would have to like hold his hand and like chain him to a desk to get him to do it. But I'm like, dad, you're going to, I was like, you're going to fuck all of us over. And like, we also have yeah. like, he never married their mom, but we have a, like a, a sister who is not, ta- I mean, like they're not married. She's not technically our sister. So she won't get anything unless he leaves set, her, you know, sets or it you aside are, for her yeah. or but unless then, we're like split it with her or, or whatever. And it's like, that makes but it we need to know what he wants to do about all that stuff. Yeah. Anyways, so I agree with you. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think it's way better for him to do it because, like, afterwards, like, if you guys have to do it, then it's a if if you're like, yes, I'll give some to her, but then your brother's like, no, 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 I don't want. It just makes it awkward, and you can avoid that for sure. For, for sure. you know, and so since we've had literally yeah. two of these incidents happen in my family in the last two years, actually, that the, he had a stroke the, last year. It's yeah. like he's he's sixty eight. Like he's not a he's not 50 where it'd be like more shocking or like your cousin where it's like really yeah. shocking because they're really young. I'm like, bro, get together. Yeah, I'm going to make my will shiny by the next time we talk. I'm gonna make, 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 make your <laughs> will. And you can put me at like, cause I know your sister comes first, and but you can put me somewhere in the, the back. Like if everybody dies, Bonnie, Bonnie gets two weeks of vacation time with the children. Yes, each year put that in there. <laughs> Yeah, um, she could teach them to do all the creative stuff. Shani <laughs> Nani art camp, Shani Nani theater camp, Shani Nani film camp. It's going to be like, I'm, I'm going to call it the like two weeks of the things I think your mom wanted you to know. <laughs> because I've been on this it. quest to, to figure out like, um, and I've been asking everybody in my family, hey, if something happens to you, what do you want me to teach your kids? Like, what's the important thing that the lesson that you want them to take away? Because when my, because I had two cousins die within a month of each other, different sides of the family entirely, and leave kids behind with absolutely no will and no direction. Those kids were hanging in the air for, for months, right? And I- That's so I scary remember- as a kid. Like, I mean, I do know, because my sister already knows she would get our kids. So I do know that my sister would immediately like take a leave from her job. She would move into our house in the meantime, as would probably one of my parents- and I know for sure that like there wouldn't be as much up in the air as like your niece had just because like she doesn't have children of her own right now. So like yeah. it would be easier for her to, to do but, it. But like, let's yeah. say we die in five years and she has 
her own kid and her own husband, then it makes it much harder to drop everything. And then you have to figure out like, well, are my kids moving to your house now? They like their parents are dead and they have to leave their house and everything they know behind. Like yep. that's, that's scary. Yep. And that's literally like what happened. I mean, regardless, it's like the most traumatizing thing that's ever happened to them or ever will happen probably. And then it's just like, let's pile on some more trauma while we're there. <laughs> one of the craziest things uh, and then we'll get back to the book but one of the craziest things so my cousin had passed away on the other side of the family she left an eight like an eight-year-old daughter the father is absolutely not in the picture so there was no there was no line of custody really she had an older sister who was 22 who did not need to be this child's mother and then she had her mother who was was 80 something years old Mm -hmm. and the one thing that I have found in this process is that my cousin she was 47 when she died she knew she kind of fucked up with her older kids, right? She has three kids who were like in their twenties or much older. Mm -hmm. And so she was doing everything in her power to like, to like empower her daughter to like be creative, putting her in every class, letting her express herself, not stifling her. I mean, this was like her swan song of motherhood, right? When she died, now the person taking care of that eight-year-old is an 80-year-old woman who was born in 1940-something who did not allow my cousin to have an expressive childhood. And so now her daughter has this very unexpressed, she went from having a mom who allowed her to be everything to being in this rigid, like, you know, situation. Mm -hmm. And when I go there, every time I have to talk to my aunt about like releasing, like, like letting her go, let's letting her, I have to parent my aunt in order to parent my, my niece when I'm there. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why I say like, know who your kid is going to, because if you have a journey for your kid and you want things for them, you got to make sure they go to the right person because like mm-hmm. that whole 80 year old, like that's not the, that's not the look. That's not what she wanted mm-hmm. for her daughter. And so I'm actively trying to understand what she might've wanted for her daughter and to give her those, those tools. So mm-hmm. anyway, soapbox done this book for me done. Like <laughs> I'm happy to be through it happy to be moving past it okay well guys yeah. the next books that we are reading are we are going into our fake dating we have fake Al by eden finley we have four weeks of scandal by megan frampton which is a historical and we have fake it till you bake it by jamie wesley and we also talked to jamie wesley and interviewed her and it was a great interview. So, guys, we have tons of cool stuff coming up for you in our next Chichichero season show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honey, I feel like we, I feel like we did it. Until next time, dear listeners, may your books be your lover and your hand your best friend. I'm so happy to see you, Bridget. I love you. You too. Bye for now, dear listeners. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.